Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the word. Amen. So listen, quick question before we dive in. How many of you guys really just by a show of hands were here last week when Brother Britt spoke? Awesome. Listen, if you were not here, I would encourage you to go check it out. And, uh, and I'll say this for all of us that were here, because I don't know about you guys, but in my opinion, uh, man, that, that message had such a rare ability to speak, uh, you know, basically to any area of our lives. Right. Like it didn't really matter if it if it would say, how can I apply this to where we are personally at as a nation? How we are personally handling the current events that are happening in our nation all the way to, hey, this is the move of the spirit that God's wanting to do among us really in, in just anywhere in between. Yeah. And, and so, listen, I think because it because it could speak to all different levels, it was really easy to identify with. And it really it resonated in a lot of our hearts. Now, because of that resonation, for lack of a better word, uh, I want to come along and not necessarily add to anything Britt said. He, he did a fabulous job, but that's, like, that's the guy that I can listen to speak for hours upon hours. Uh, but today, I just simply want to revisit and I want to reinforce some of the things that he said. And the reason I want to do that is because I just believe that sometimes we as, Christian, as Christians have a habit of, of basically we will hear a message and we'll go, yeah, that was from God and we'll chalk it off, we'll acknowledge it, we'll celebrate it for a moment. But kind of when the dust settles, we just kind of move on to the next message, the next podcast, the next week. And, and the reason, let me say this, and because we do that, we really miss out a lot of times on what God is trying to do in our lives. And, and so I just think this, that if you and I uh, actually want to see the Word of God take root in our lives. If we actually want to see the Word of God bring maturity in our life and produce the fruit that God desires, then maybe we need to slow down sometimes and we need to let that Word uh, simmer in our spirits a little bit, right? We need to let all those ingredients and all those flavors get in there, right? Uh, you know, even if that just means we got to hear something again, but at the end of the day, the goal is, is man, we want to grow, yeah. right? Yeah. Amen? So, so with that in mind, I want to piggyback off a few things that he said last week. And uh, by doing so, what I, my goal is to simply highlight a few things that he mentioned. And, and, and so a few things that he mentioned, a few things that have stuck out to me. So let's pick the, pick the verse back up that he actually started with last week in Isaiah 43. It says this in verse 18. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, I love it when the Bible says that, behold, I will do a new thing, because the word behold there actually means this in the Hebrew language. It means wow. It literally means wow, stand in awe, be amazed with the thing, this new thing that God is about to do in your life. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear that verse, it's one of those verses that fascinates me, right? Like I think if they're, uh, out of all the verses in the Bible, man, they have the ability to infuse and to impart hope into the life of a believer, anticipation to the life of a believer, or excitement or even encouragement, man, I believe that this verse is on the top of that list. Is anybody with me today? Yes. Yeah, so y'all live today. Check your pulse, right? <laughs> Listen, like, is there anyone in here that, that, you know, in their right mind would ever say, you know what, I don't want to stand in awe, and I don't want to be amazed at any new thing God wants to do in my life. I'm quite comfortable where I'm at. Thank you. <laughs> Right. Like when I hear that, I just think about what Pastor Brian says all the time. He says this. He says, how stupid can you be and still breathe? 
right? Like if you're that kind of person that you, that you say you're Christian and you don't want to be amazed by something that God can do in your life, you're dumb. Really, you're dumb, okay? And so I'll just say this. I think that every one of us in this room, man, we would be excited to see God do something new in our lives. Amen? Amen. So, so that's why I feel really compelled to talk to you today because I feel like a lot of times we want God to do a new thing, but we never really get to the point where he does a new thing. And there's reasons that that happens, and I want to acknowledge that today so we don't, so we don't leave this place again and again and again disappointed, okay? So here's why I think the number one thing that is causing us to not have or not to walk into the new, and it's this, is that when, when we uh, basically read Isaiah 43. We get so excited about this new thing, and rightfully so, but in our excitement, we actually forget to really read and really comprehend the rest of the verse. And because we fail to do this, we unintentionally make the mistake of thinking that this new thing is just going to happen, right? That it's just going to take place without any, please hear this, without any change or real effort on our parts. And so, you know, the reality is, if you can just kind of maybe grab a hold of this, even if this is the one thing you get today, get a hold of it. But, but our, uh, to the, let me say it this way, to the degree and to the measure of our willingness to change will ultimately determine the amount or the degree of the new thing that God can actually release to us. Right? And sometimes I feel like as Christians, especially, uh, depends on what region we're from, sometimes we resist change. Right, And I just want you to know it's a very foolish thing to resist change because God is always bringing change. And the reason we know that is because the Bible makes it really clear that He is unfolding His plan for mankind constantly. And so if we don't stay current with the change that He's doing, guess what? We are going to be passed by in the move of God of what God wants to do. Yes? So, so sometimes we need to uncross our arms and maybe we need to get open and say, Lord, I'm willing to give effort and I'm willing to change so I can receive the new that you have. Right? So, so listen, if you're, if you're maybe struggling with this idea that that it requires something of us. I'll just say it this way. Have you ever felt like God uh, was about to do something new in your life, but after a few months or even years, you felt like it never came to pass? Like somebody comes along and prophesies God's about to do a new thing. You get pumped, you get excited, and years later you're like, where's the new thing? Anybody ever been there? Yeah. yeah. Listen, and it's kind of like, where does that leave us if we get honest with ourselves? Most of the times it leaves us with feelings of frustration and disappointment. If I could shoot straight to you, I think there's way too many Christians that live a life of frustration and disappointment. And the reason is, is because not because of God, it's because they're unwilling to change and give the effort that they need to receive what he's wanting to do. So, so listen, when we stop and go, man, why am I frustrated? Why am I disappointed? Well, there's a follow-up question to that, and it's got to be this. Is it God's fault or is it my fault that this new thing he promised didn't come to pass? Like, we don't like that kind of question. The reality is a lot of times as people, especially in the day we live in, we don't like to take responsibility. Nobody wants to take it, right? But, but we have to stop and go, you know what, maybe I need to look at the scripture. And so consider this verse before you say, is it God's fault or my fault? Look, look, look at this. It's like Numbers 23, 19 says this. It says, God is not a man, so he does not lie. Anybody thankful for that? He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Has he ever promised a new thing and on his part not carried it through? And I believe the obvious answer to all that is no. Can somebody say no? no. Yeah. 
Listen, so listen, if we believe that that verse is actually true, that guess what? Then that means it can't be God's fault. Then it has to be our fault. Come on, smile at me, y'all. But why? Where's the disconnect? Once again, in my opinion, the disconnect happens when we, in all of our excitement about that new thing, forget to actually read the rest of the verse that contains a significant part of the God-ordained process that every one of us has to go through if we're going to step into the new that God has for us. So, so with that in mind, let's actually read the entire verse. And I want us to do, as we do, I want us to know two words when we do it. Let's look at Isaiah 43 again. It says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth, shall you not know it. Normally that's where we stop and get our praise break, right? But it goes on and says this, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Come on, I want us to notice those two words today, the wilderness and the desert. The wilderness means an uninhabited land, right? The desert means a wasteland or a desolate place. Come on, don't get too encouraged today. Listen, I fully realize that it's true that God promises us a road in the wilderness. But guys, there still remains a wilderness that we must walk through nonetheless if we're going to receive the new thing. And yes, listen, it's true that God promises us rivers in the desert. We celebrate it. We sing about it, right? But there's still a desert that needs to be crossed if we want to live in this new thing. So if I can put this plainly, right? It is like if you and I actually want to enjoy all those things that signify or mark what it actually means uh, to step into the new thing. In fact, if you're sitting here today and you go, I don't really know what the new thing consists of. Let, let me give you some things just biblically that God, that God qualifies or marks or characterizes as new things in His Word. So we'll throw up a list. Is this, there's a fresh anointing, right? In the new thing, there's a fresh anointing. There's fresh revelation. There's fresh faith. There's fresh insight and clarity of vision for your life. Anybody want some of that? Right, that there's fresh encounters with God. I'm like, Jesus, sign me up there, right? That there's greater levels of provision and abundance. That there's new levels of discernment. That there's new perspectives of people. We need some of that today. Right? That there's new perspectives of even ministry. That God is even wanting to say, man, I wish I could come and bring this new thing, which is called love, new levels of responsibility and new levels of trust. That He wants to give us new levels of influence and favor. That He wants to hand out new assignments to us. That He wants to give us an upgrade in the way we think, the way we understand, the, you know, an upgrade in our wisdom. That He wants to come for many of us and give us an upgrade in our God-given identity. That He wants to give us an upgrade in our ability to hear His voice and our ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. Y'all hear me today? Listen, I want you to know that if we want to walk in all of those things that we get so excited about, and hopefully those things excite you, if not, check your pulse, see if you're even born again, right? See if you're alive. But listen, it's kind of this, then according to Isaiah 43, 19, that there's no doubt that we're going to have to go through the wilderness and the desert to get those things. Listen, the wilderness and the desert is just an unavoidable part of walking with God. So... If you can imagine with me for a moment, let me see if I can kind of put some skin on this. Imagine that you're standing in front of a door today, and, and as you stand there, God speaks to you, and He tells you that He wants to bring a new thing in your life. And at that moment, when He says those two words, new thing, the door opens in front of you, 
And God, literally Jesus stands there and He is inviting you to walk through the door. Now listen, as you see the door open, of course when you see Him, you get super pumped, you get excited, right? And you're ready to go through the door. Because why? Because as you look through the door, you can kind of, kind of see in the distance a glimpse of those things we talked about a while ago. Greater abundance of provision, right? That we can actually see a fresh anointing. We see uh, a, you know, a new ability to hear His voice and all those things. So with great enthusiasm and faith, we begin to move forward in the direction God is calling us. But watch this. In the moment that we step into that threshold that stands between the old things and the new thing, we quickly discover that that threshold, like I'm looking at the door, it, it looks really skinny. But man, when I step into the God threshold, I realize pretty quick, man, it is not what I expected. It is bigger and it is longer than I thought it was. And it doesn't take too long to realize that this threshold between the old and the new contains this thing that we keep talking about, this wilderness, this desert that we couldn't see before. The truth is, is we didn't even know that existed. We heard about it, but we didn't know that, oh, I'm going to go there, right? And so what happens is, is we try to walk through that threshold. And when we do, we discover that contains things that we were not prepared for. So let me give you some things that you're going to find in that threshold. If you're saying in this room that you want to be a man or woman of God, okay, if you got more in you than just let's say that, but you say, you know what, I actually want to become that, then I'm about to tell you what you're going to encounter so you're prepared. Some of you guys, when you hear what we're about to talk about in this list, you'll go, oh, uh, then maybe God hasn't put me in time out. Maybe I'm not really in trouble. I'm just in the wilderness. So let me show you what's kind of what you'll find over there. It's this, you'll find that in the wilderness, there's some spiritually dry places, right? Like where you can't feel God's presence, you don't hear his voice. And I'm not talking about, you know, over lunch. I'm talking about for extended periods of time. You're like, God, where in the world are you at? Anybody ever been there? Yeah, I'm like, man, I've taken vacations there and stayed longer than I wanted, right? So listen, another thing you'll find that threshold is you'll find difficulties and challenges that are meant to test your faith. Now, I'm not talking about like little simple things like your washing machine breaks and, and you know, you're going to get tested if you can believe for a new washing machine. No, no, no. I'm talking about the kind of, the kind of faith that gets tested if you're going to believe in God or not. Like if you're going to believe in God's, God's identity for you, if you're going to believe that God actually loves you. Those are the things that you face there, right? So another thing that you face when you hit that door, and y'all hear me, please, is you find these fiery trials where the enemy actually comes and tempts you. Yes to doubt, yes to question your identity, all those things, but, it, but also to fall into sin, right? And if I can say anything to you today about that threshold and where the enemy comes, he comes in this way. He always comes to attack you, right, at the lowest level of your maturity. So listen, if you struggle, let's say the lowest level of your maturity is you really wrestle with the fear of man. You're that kind of person that you're super loyal and you want to make everybody happy. Well, I'm telling you, there's going to come a day when God speaks and tells you to do something and then somebody's going to come along that's sent by the enemy, maybe a good-hearted person, and they're going to try to get you to go in another direction. God didn't send that person there. But guess what? There's, if you have the fear of man, most of us go, well, let me make that person happy. And you absolutely whiff on what God wants you to do. Or let's say you're the type of person that you struggle with the fear of failure. Right? That, that, that what happens is, is the enemy will come and he'll begin to put thoughts in your mind. Well, you'll never be able to take care of your family. You won't be able to provide. Your kids won't ever have this. Right? Like, like you'll never be successful in life. Or let's say you're the kind of person that struggles with depression and rejection. Well, what'll happen is, is you'll find yourself coming in places, and guess what? You'll sit down and nobody will come talk to you. And you blame the people. 
right? But you understand that sometimes when you're in the wilderness, man, there's your lowest level, right? That there's something inside of you that hasn't connected with God yet, right? That you haven't learned that he's your best friend, that he's your lover, he's your father, right? And so anyways, let's say that you struggle with, once again, lust. Well, he, he knows how to bring that person around that's dressed a certain way, and he knows how to get them to say something. Come on, church, right? Let's say it's anger or it's jealousy. Let's say that you're prone to condemnation. You mess up, man, and a dump truck, a dump truck of guilt and shame comes upon you. Let's say you struggle with self-pity or pride, or maybe you're super stubborn. Well, the enemy has a way to come and exploit those things. Right? Or let's say this. This is really, I think if there's one that I would say, please grab a hold of this. It is like, man, there's so many believers. What God's really wanting to do in that threshold, we keep getting in our way. And it's because of this. It's because we lack emotional health. We don't deal with conflict well. Yeah. Right? We don't have spiritual health. So we get offended easy. And what happens is, is guess what? That the enemy comes and he tries to exploit all these things. Once again, the lowest level of your maturity. And, and it's because, yes, he wants to drive a wedge between you and God and wreck your relationship. But he also wants to wreck your relationship with other people. Because he realizes that no one gets to that threshold by themselves. And if he can get all those people that are going to help you get through that, then guess what? He wins. And it's also this, that at the end of the day, that most of the time, the new thing that God's trying to bring to your life is in correlation with your lowest level of maturity, yeah. right? So in other words, like if you're depressed, he's going to try to break that off your life or you'll never be able to step into the new thing, right? There's these things that he's dealing with. So the enemy comes in a very strategic and tactic way. And if he can win in your head and if he can win in your emotions, most of us, we do this. We go, yay, new thing, we run this stuff and then we start backtracking and then what happens is is we get 20 years down the road and we wonder why we're still sitting in the same spot for the last 20 years yeah listen if you're sitting in the same spiritual spot I will even say this even that you were in a year ago it ain't God's fault okay because God's moving he's unfolding and it's up to us to go with him amen let me tell you a few other things that you're going to experience over there in the threshold of hell, right? It's this. You're going to find some dark nights of the soul where you feel all alone. I'm telling you, if you want to walk with God, you're going to have some lonely times. They don't tell you this on TV, do they? <laughs> Listen, if you want to walk with God, you're going to be misunderstood. And that threshold, people are going to talk about you unjustly, and they're going to talk about you incorrectly. Get ready for it. Right? Another thing that happens over there in that threshold is people will begin to question your call, they'll question your purpose, they'll question your motives. Over there in that threshold, you will begin to face thoughts of discouragement because I believe that's one of the biggest tricks of the enemy is discouragement, right? And even this, it's there in that threshold that you will have to confront your fears, you have to confront your doubts, and you will have to confront your insecurities. Am I laying this home well enough for you today? Listen, I just think it's this. It's like, man, as hard when we look at that list and we go, man, I don't want any of that. But man, as hard as it is to wrap our head and hearts around it, man, you have to understand today that all of those things are either designed by God or they're allowed by God so that the process and the preparation for us concerning our maturity and our maturation, it's designed by Him to help us get to that new thing. In fact, I'll even say it to you this way. If you're in here and you want to be used by God, well, get ready. You're going to walk through these things because God's going to use every one of these things to find out if He can trust you or not. 
So don't go, God, give me a greater anointing and not be willing to walk through that. God, use me in the gifts if you're not willing to walk through that. God, I want to help people. Miss people will get ready to walk through that. Once again, it separates the men from the boys. Right? So listen, if you don't believe God will do this stuff, let me give you two verses. There's more, but I'm only going to give you two. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. It says, remember how the Lord your God led you. He's talking about the Israelites. Through what? The wilderness for these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove what? Your character. And to find out whether or not you would obey His commands. Why? Because can He trust you? Look at Luke 4, 1-2. It says, Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where He was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Now here's the cool part. If I can give you a pause, side moment. Watch what happened 40 days later. And it's important for us to see because it's what's on the other side of that wilderness. It says this 12 verses later. Then Jesus returned to Galilee after being tempted for 40 days by the enemy. So he returned from the wilderness, what? Filled with the Holy Spirit's power. I'll wait for you to get it. Listen, he went in and he didn't have it. He came out with it. And the reason is, listen, because he was willing to walk through the wilderness that the Father prepared him for and that the Holy Spirit led him to. And because he was willing to do that, he actually received the new thing that the Father had in store for him before the foundations of the earth. Listen, there's things that the Father has for many of you from the foundation of the earth and you haven't received it yet because you haven't been willing to walk through it because you're afraid. Because you like comfort. Right? So, so I'm just saying today that, listen, man, if, if, if this is the thing, if the prevailing thought, if you can grab a hold of here, if this is the process that God's chosen people, the Israelites, had to walk through, if this is the process that Jesus, the very Son of God, had to walk through, what should make you think that you're any better than them and that God will do it any other way? Right? Like, we're not even taking the time to mention, you got guys like Abraham, Moses, David, John the Baptist, and Paul. Every one of them spent time in the wilderness. Why? Because they went in one way and they came out another way because God had something new for them. So rather than us being afraid of it, we need to embrace it. Yes? Because once again, this is the only way God will refine us. And it's the only way, guess what? That He can equip us to handle the new thing He's wanting to release to our lives. Am I making sense to any of y'all today? Now, listen, obviously, when you start talking about wilderness and deserts, I want you to know that there's no, there's no two deserts or two wilderness that are the same. They're all different, okay? In other words, every single one of us will experience a variety or, or, or just different things than other people when we go into our wilderness. But, but I want you to realize that, guess what, that in spite of, of all the different things that we may face, you have to remember in your heart, guys, you've got to be connected to the vine and realize that, guess what, in spite of what difficulties we may face in that wilderness, in that desert, that God said He would be there. Right? We know this is true because what Psalm 23 tells us. This is, this is actually one of those passages of Scripture that I wish we wouldn't only read at funerals. Because it's like the only time we talk about it, but there's great truths in it. Look, look at Psalm 24, verse 4. It says, Yea, though I walk... What's the next word? Through. Through. Do you understand that God set these things, ordained these things, not for you to die there, but for you to actually go through them. 
right? So that is the goal at hand. You're going to make it. If you're there today, hear the encouragement of the Lord. You're going to make it if you fix your eyes on Jesus and keep pressing in. Now notice the next part. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Gang, whatever our threshold has in store for us, we got to remember the only reason that there's a shadow that's there in that valley is because the light hasn't left us. Right? Like, like, listen, last night I was in our bathroom and I was brushing my teeth, right? And Jennifer was basically, the lights were off in the, ba in, the, in the bathroom, but she had the lights on in the bedroom, so I was brushing my teeth and she flipped the switch on me. <laughs> How rude, right? So literally, did y'all notice last night? It was like one of those main, like dark, dark nights, right? I literally froze, right? <laughs> like, didn't even want to move, right? And so anyways... Uh, the, the point is, I literally, I was like, I cannot believe she did that. I, I can't even see the sink. I don't know where the walls are at. <laughs> I'm like, where, where'd I even go, right? And I'd wait for things to adjust. I think I finally found a light and flipped it on. And I finished business. Of course, I didn't say anything because I'm going to use it against her now. But anyways, I'm kidding. But, <coughs> but, but the point is, watch this. So most night, what's, you know, she could do that. The moon's out and there's all these shadows and I can kind of see around the room. And my, and my point is this, is sometimes when we get over there in that threshold, we feel alone. We feel like God has abandoned us. But the bottom line is, is there's still a shadow because he's still watching over us. Amen. That, that guess what? He is still sitting back and going, you know what? In fact, even if you go back to the scripture, he said that there's a road in the wilderness. Well, who put the road there? He did. The river. Who's the river? It, they're all him. That's him. He is the road. He is the river. If we can connect with him, we'll make it through. Amen. Because it's his grace and it's his mercy that continues to move us what? Forward. He is guiding us in face direction, which is if we look at him as the author and the finisher of our faith, we're, we're going to be all right. Right? Remember the promise. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. All right. Y'all got all that? Good. Let's hit the rewind button real quick. So here's, here's really if I could go, man, what's the one thing I'm trying to tell you today? Here's the one thing I'm trying to tell you is that God can come and he can, he can say, hey, look, call you by name. I want to do this new thing in your life. You can get pumped. You can get excited. But if you are unwilling, here's what I'm saying, if you're unwilling to walk through that threshold, walk through your dark midnight hour, guess what? If you're not willing to, you will cancel out the new thing 100% of the time. 100% of the time. Now watch this. Some of us, some of us went to churches in our past or we have this ideology that we've made up in our own heads that if God just says something that it's automatic, that's going to happen. And I want you to know that's not biblical. Y'all looking, I love it. Some of y'all are like, yes. Some of y'all are like, what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> Some of y'all don't even know what that is. All right. <laughs> Watch this. If you disagree with me, let me give you two scriptures to back up why I'm saying what I'm saying. I want you to think for a moment about when God delivered his chosen people, the Israelites, out of Egypt, right? That those people, right, have been in bondage and slavery to the Egyptians for over 400 years. Then watch this, almost out of nowhere, the deliverer Moses shows up, right? He's got, thus saith the Lord in his mouth, and he's got a demonstration of power to go with it. We fast forward in the story, we know 10 plagues later, the Israelites, who were somewhere between a million to three million people, walked out of Egypt with an abundance of wealth. So literally, overnight, they went from being slaves to having abundance, right? Fast forward, 
You know, short time later, they're, they're like, yay, okay, we think something's good's happening here. We think. And then there's Pharaoh breathing down their neck. They freak out. Moses, deliver, kind of freaks out. And God says, basically, what? Put your staff in the water and watch what I'll do, right? And we know that God demolishes the enemy. He buries them in the bottom of the Red Sea. Now, okay. Now, how many of you guys think that that moment, right? You, all you have known all your life is bondage, slavery. All your parents knew, all your grandparents knew, all your great-grandparents knew was bondage. That has become so part of your identity, that is all you know, right? And then God sets you free from that, and the thing that was oppressing you, He broke it off your life, like He killed it, right? How many of you guys know that that might qualify as a new thing? <laughs> so these, man, listen, if there's ever been a new thing, man, it's in that moment. And what was the new thing wrapped around? It was wrapped around a promise. I will take you to the promised land. Now, when God gave that promise, guess what? He, he, didn't, he didn't just simply say, you know what, look, I'm giving it to these five people, these ten people. No, no, He gave it to those millions of people, gave them all the same promise, right? Now, now watch this. The enemy's destroyed, and now all that's standing in between them and their promise, right, is this new thing, this promised land, is an 11-day hike through a threshold called the wilderness. 11 days. Right? So once again, God gave them all the same promise. They all started well, right? They were all singing and dancing and hollering and shouting. They were all bucking and snorting, right? They were all celebrating, right? Y'all probably never even know what bucking and snorting is. But I hung around Brent last week. There we go. So, so watch this. In excitement, they all stepped out in faith. But due to their own issues, what? This 11-day hike turned into a 40-year journey in the wilderness where only two out of possibly three million people actually stepped into the new thing that God promised them called the promised land. We know it's Joshua and Caleb. Listen, for a multitude of reasons, guys, millions of people got stuck and died in the threshold. Right? They died in between the old thing and the new thing, right? They had faith and passion, right, in the beginning when somebody prophesied it, right? But they lost it somewhere in the middle. They lost their faith. So much so that some of them even were crazy enough to say, man, it would be better for us to return to Egypt and return to slavery than to have this. Eleven days. Y'all tracking? So listen. It's no wonder why God said in Isaiah 43 to forget the things that were old or the former things, right? Because guess what? It is hard to return to something if you can't remember it. Sometimes it's good to have spiritual amnesia. Yeah? And, and I just think this, because here's the thing. When we get in that threshold, you got to understand. I'm, I, listen, God never said it would be easy. Y'all don't... He never said it. I've read the book. He never said it would be easy, right? In fact, He promised us there would be difficult times. He promised us there would be trials and temptations. He promised us it would be difficult, right? And so guess what? When times get hard because they will, the problem most of us have and the reason we don't make it through the valley is why it's because we so often, like the Israelites, we turn around and start trying to find our last place of comfort. So some of those spots, I'm going to go ahead and tell you, listen to me, from the Lord, some of you guys, you keep returning back to very unhealthy things. 
God's trying to bring you out of it. In other words, it's no different than you take a woman who is in an abusive relationship and she's getting the crap kicked out of her all the time, right? But, but somehow she steps out and there's people around her trying to help her move forward, but something happens, something sparks, and she runs right back to that. It doesn't matter how many times he's cheated on her. It doesn't matter how many times he's beat her. We've all met that lady, right? Right? I'm not talking about specific one. There's loads of them, right? There, there's something that's there, right? And so a lot of times, even though it may not be that's what we're returning to, we run back to an addiction. We run back to an old habit. We run back to an old identity crisis in our head. We find our own things that we just go, well, you know what? It's more comfortable to live in that dysfunction than it is to move forward because I can't face those things that God's wanting me to face in the wilderness. Right? Because here's the thing. He will not, listen to me, He will not let you drag your past into the future. And so He uses all of that, that wilderness. Why? Because when you start walking that wilderness, you're carrying all the baggage. After a while, it's going to get heavy. And the easier thing, instead of running, why don't we just start dropping some of it off? Yeah. Hey, Jesus, I give you that. Jesus, I give you that. Jesus, I'm going to go ahead and give you that too. And He's like, that's why I got you here. Good. Right? <sighs> Let me give you another example. So last Sunday, Brother Britt talked about the time where Elisha received the mantle or the double portion of Elijah's anointing. Y'all remember that? Listen, while, while there's no doubt that's an amazing story, I, I think a thing that we miss a lot of times when we read it is that this new thing that God was wanting to do, the Bible makes it really clear that Elisha wasn't the only one that knew it was about to happen. If you go back and read 2 Kings chapter 2, you'll find that as Elijah and Elisha are walking through the cities of Bethel and then Jericho, you'll find that the sons of the prophets come out and they begin to tell Elisha, hey, you know that your, your master, he's going to be taken from you today. In other words, they're saying, hey, you know something new is about to happen today. All right, And then it says that they left literally uh, Jericho and they went to Jordan. It says something really unique. They got to Jordan and it says that 50 men, 50 prophets actually stood there watching Elijah and Elisha. They knew what was about to happen. They watched the chariot of fire come and separate them. They watched the mantle drop. They watched the whole thing. What's my point? Is this, is you can come to church every day. You can go to your prayer closet every day and you can know God wants to do something new. But if you continue to read the story, even though all those men, all those prophets knew that God was wanting to do something, only one received what God was actually releasing that day. It requires change and effort on our part. What, what separated Elisha? You've got to remember, Elisha was what? He was a plowman, right? He was plowing a field when Elijah walked by and said, hey, you... You're the next guy. Come follow me. He, we know he sacrificed, made an altar, because every new thing really has an altar in place, but maybe that's for another day. And so there was a sacrifice, there was a death, and he began to follow him. And guess what? When he followed him, there were some things that happened. Even if you read the story, you find out that everybody around him kept discouraging him and dissuading him not to keep following Elijah. And I want you to know today, a lot of times when there's a new thing right, that God has in store. There's a threshold. When you get in the middle of it, the people the, that will discourage you and dissuade you the most, go ahead and sign up at the top of the list. The very first one, it's family. Why? Because they can't see you any different than just being a plowman. Right? Go ahead and sign up the next one. It's your friends. What are you doing? Are you crazy to think that God would want to do that with you? Man, you, it's okay. Come and let me, let's wallow in our self-pity. It's okay that you have this issue for 30 years. It's okay, honey. God understands. He, he's, he has mercy. And we excuse our sin. 
Yes? So listen, I'm just saying, why did this plowman become, or how did this plowman become one of the greatest prophets in Israel that mankind's ever known? And it was simply put, why? Because he kept pressing forward, and he didn't let all the distraction, all the things uh, get his attention, pull him away. He never backed out of the door, right? Are you with me today? <laughs> like he never backed out the door. So, so I guess kind of my question maybe for you today is simply this is, uh, man, what's keeping you from going all the way through the door? What's been the thing, for some of y'all, it's been a while. I don't know why I'm saying that. For some of y'all, it's been a while. The same thing keeps hanging you up, and you keep, uh, you, you know, you keep taking steps backwards instead of forward. You know, my favorite thing that Britt said last week is this, that faith always moves in the direction we're, we're looking. You know, and, and the problem is, guess what, is, once again, if... If we keep looking at all that stuff, like you said last week, man, we're going to return, right? And what I've learned in life, I'll just say it this way. I remember when, when I was youth pastor in North Carolina, we had a pretty big youth room, and Michaela was, was uh, I don't know, she was probably about four years old, and somebody was chasing her, and she was running as fast as she can from them, right? She was laughing and all that. And we had these walls that were kind of like bars in a way that were about this high. And so she said, ah! Boom, and hit that thing and her nose exploded. She had a little, pretty little white Alabama vest on and blood was all over it. First time she wore it, we got it out. But anyways, so, so, so here's the thing. It's like, listen, if we keep looking backwards, not only are we going to keep damaging and hurt ourselves, but guys, we're going to be very ineffective. Okay? And, and I just think, man, it's like, how long are we going to let that happen to us? So let me land this. I'm going longer than I want. But listen, when I, when I look around and I begin to pray and I, you know, and I think about so many of you guys are in church, it's very obvious that God is doing loads of new things in people's lives. Okay? And, and for some of y'all, that, that new has been a literal geographical move to this location. For some of y'all, it's been a step of faith, a new thing to even come to this church. People have thought you're crazy. Okay? For some of y'all, you've, you've been literally laying down some dreams and some things that you've held on to for a while that God's literally saying, hey, can you give it to me? You try to make it happen on your own. He's saying, hey, give it to me. For some of y'all, it, it's your identity that you walked in for years and God's saying, you know what? That's not the identity that you need for where I'm going, where I'm taking you. Yeah. You're going to have to lay that thing down. That's good that that's what you've been known by, but, it, but you know, it's good for the future. We've built upon that, but guess what? There's something greater. For some of you guys, that new thing's happening in your marriage. For some of y'all, it's just 100% a shift of something in the spirit that's taking place. And I want you to know that all of that change, I realize it can be super scary, and it requires a whole lot of trust to Jesus, yeah. right? And, and so not only that can it be scary, but when you mix in all those things that we talked about that happened in the wilderness, man, it can be downright difficult. And so I guess kind of with that in mind, that's why we get so pumped when somebody comes along and says, hey, God wants to do a new thing. woo Right? But, but what happens when that new thing, that new shine wears off? When that prophecy isn't so as, so as, as exciting anymore? Y'all hear me? That once again, what, what's our only option, man? Is to keep moving forward. Because he said we move from faith to faith, glory to glory. Amen. So, so listen, I just don't want y'all, I want you to be prepared, but I don't want you to be fearful 
of, of the wilderness that's coming if you want to really step into the new thing. Instead, once again, you need to embrace it because it's God-ordained. Will it break you? Probably. Will it humble you? Probably. Will it hurt? Probably. But, but it's designed specifically for you to fashion and to mold you into a man or woman of God. So we can't just keep saying, God made me this and running, run from His way of making. Right? And so, you know, if, if I've learned anything about the common denominator between a man and a woman of God, doesn't matter what color they are, how much money they got, what car they have, house they have, what era they even lived in, what ministry they have. If I've learned one thing about a common denominator between every man and woman of God, it's this, is they don't know how to quit. They just keep moving forward, right? That there's, no, there's no run in them. There's no flee, Right? And so, and so if I can just encourage you, if you can just kind of keep looking to Jesus and just remember, man, I, I'm going to make it through this. This isn't my destiny. This isn't things going to mark my entire life. But man, on the other side of this threshold, man, there's great rewards. There's a new identity. There's health spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, right? That there's new anointings. There's new grace. There's new assignments. There's all those things. So let's just keep moving forward. And I promise you the rewards will far outweigh the discomfort that you will feel in the process. Like I have I've yet to meet a man or woman of God, right, that said this, that said, you know what? I, there's no way that I want to go relive that, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. I got loads of them in the past 20 years with Jesus. Amen? Can you all stand to your feet, please? If you can, just go ahead and close your eyes. So something pretty cool happened the past few days for me. Because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure if I wanted to preach this or not. And, um, and I was just praying. I was asking the Lord to speak to me. And, and a few days ago, the Lord gave me a pretty cool confirmation. It was this, as I was, I was running through some old files, and I found actually the first message that I ever preached here uh, when, when, when Jen and I moved here and I became the pastor of the church. And I thought it was pretty funny. I started, I just glanced at it, and I rec recognized that the scripture that I based the entire message off, off of was Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And the title of the message was called A New Thing. And then it was even funny, I continued to read and I found that Joshua chapter 3 verses 1 through 3 were the other, was the other main scripture I used. And I just kind of laughed because that's been one of the main scriptures that we've used here over the last uh, you know, six months or so, right? That, that God has spoke profoundly. And so I just went, man, clearly God's talking to us. And so at the bottom of that message, I bring that up to say this. I, from the first Sunday we were here when I preached... This is what I, what I wrote at the bottom that I believe God spoke, and I'm just going to say it to you because I think it's for all of us. But here's what I feel like the Lord's saying. You mustn't think too small or you will hinder what I want to do. You mustn't think too small or you will hinder what I want to do. So often we go through that threshold and we have very small thinking. We think God can only do a little bit. But I want you to know if we're actually willing to dream big and believe big and have faith that God can do the supernatural, that He can do miracles in my life and through me and all those things, then guess what? We might be incredibly shocked on what's on the other side of what God can do. Amen? Amen? Amen. So Father, today I pray for Your people, God, and I simply ask God in the name of Jesus, God, of where you have us in this life, God, if you're wanting to do a new thing in us, then Lord, I'm asking God that you would come and you would help us to be steadfast.
God, I'm asking God that you would help us be the type of people that are immovable and we're persistent. God, that it's regardless of the circumstance or the pressures that we face in this life. God, that you would help us to actually refuse to be distracted, God, from where you've called us to go. And Lord, I'm asking God for every one of us, God, that we would heed the words of Jesus out of Luke 9, where he told those people to put their hand to the plow and to not look back. God, I'm asking God that you would help us today to just grip a hold of that plow a little bit tighter. God, that you would help us to dig our feet in so we can get better traction to move forward better. God, I'm asking God that you would help us to fix our gaze on the one who's the author and the finisher of our faith. That we would fix our eyes upon you, God. That we wouldn't look to the left, we wouldn't look to the right. And most of all, God, we wouldn't look behind us. But God, we would look for the eyes of Jesus. And Lord, I pray today that we would see those eyes of fire. And God, I pray that we would hear words of encouragement to keep moving forward, to keep pressing in, to not look back, to not get discouraged. And Father, I'm simply asking God for everyone's today, God, whatever you want to change, God, in us, however you want us to leave the old and walk into the new, whatever has got to be broken off of us, God, if it's mindsets, God, if it's habits, if it's behaviors, uh, God, if it's even just wrong thinking, wrong doctrine, God, whatever it is that's got to be broken off of us, Lord, we give you permission to break it off of us so we can step into the new thing that you desire for us. God, we say to you today that we do want a new anointing. God, that we do want new identities. God, that we do need fresh faith and fresh hope, God, and fresh courage. God, that we do want to hear your voice better. God, that we want to have new assignments. God, we want to step into the new. And so, Lord, whatever is hindering us today, Father, we thank you that those things are falling off of us. God, even as we sang earlier, God, that your word and your name has the power to break chains off of our lives. God, we believe that personally today in Jesus' name. And so, Father, we just ask lastly, God, God, that you would help us not to think too small. God, I'm asking, God, that you would move around this room, God, and you would break off small thinking off of us. God, the, the parts of us that just thinks that you can do a little, God, help us remember that you are the God Almighty, that you are Almighty God, you are all-powerful, that you are the great I Am, that you are all in all. And so, Lord, would you increase our ability to believe you? God, would you magnify, God, our view of you? God, would you help us to begin to believe for big things and great things? Because, Lord, the truth is, is we can't ever outbelieve what you can produce. And so, Lord, we thank you, God, today that we're not going to hinder you. We're not going to hinder you in our life. We're not going to hinder you in this church. But, Lord, we simply want to move forward in you. And so, Lord, I'm asking, God, for every one of my brothers, every one of my sisters that's in this room, God, I pray that you would go down deep and you would allow these words, God, to penetrate their hearts. God, we don't want to be like those one to two to three million people that turned around and said, forget it, I'm just going to die here. Lord, we want to have some courage like a Joshua and a Caleb. We want to believe like that. God, we want to have the tenacity of an Elisha that says, you know what, I'm going to press through even when everybody else is hollering at me and trying to get me to go in a different direction. God, we want you. We want you. We want the real thing. We want the new thing in you. And God, we just believe, God, as we keep pressing forward, God, we're going to get it because you promised us that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.